Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. This is where this church and this ministry takes a stand for the goodness of God. If we want to know what God is doing in those kinds of situations, you go and you look at Jesus to build your theology of what God is doing in the earth now. Jesus is the exact representation of the invisible God. Jesus showed us who God is. If you want to know how God operates, you look at Jesus. Yes, we have the record of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant, but that was a different time because we didn't have atonement in Christ. We had temporary atonement. We had God bound to a covenant with the Israelites that they would get themselves in trouble, that He would have to come in and to uphold His side of the covenant would either have to judge or clean house on the enemies of His covenant people. You know, it was just a whole different interaction and relationship that God was in with those, those covenant people than He is now. Now we have the atoning sin offering sacrifice, Christ, for all. God is not looking to whom He can judge. He's looking to whom He can bless through Christ. Jesus has taken all of our judgment, all of the effects of sin, the punishment and the disease aspects of the fruit of sin. Jesus became that for us. And that's the message that we carry into the earth. Does that mean you can continue in sin? God forbid. That's not smart. Don't do that. But it also means that God is not in a situation where He's having to react to our failures, where He's having to react to our sin because He already acted toward it in Jesus. And so now we are to live well within that freedom that we've been given. We are to live lives that honor what Jesus accomplished. And so when you look at situations like a nine-year-old gone too early. You know, if your theology is that God has put an expiration date on all of our lives, then if you believe that, then that's what you believe. And I, I don't know that I can necessarily argue with that because I don't know, I don't think so because he says, with a long life, I'll satisfy you. So being gone at nine seems to be contradictory to his promises. But there is an open end there that I can't, you know, say I know for sure, but it doesn't seem right, does it? doesn't feel right. But we know that it's not him taking things away from us. You know, Job prayed, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. It's true that Job said that, but do you also know that later on, once God showed up and corrected Job's prophet friends and then him, God corrected that bad theology and mindset? Who are you that darkens, you know, the, I, I forget how it says it, but who are you accusing God? And he was going all the way back to what Job said in the beginning. The Lord gives and the Lord... Now, the reason it says that Job wasn't sinning against God is because he didn't know the truth. And where there is no law, there is no sin held against you. So it wasn't sin for him because he didn't know. But after God showed up, he knew. 
And what did he say? Oh, I'd heard about you, but now I know you, Job said. And he repented of everything that he'd said about God beforehand. So it's like Job isn't... See, we, we think that everything that everybody says in the Bible should be taken at face value as if it's... This is tricky because it's not that the Bible is not true. It's just that it's an accurate recording of Job's mindset and his words in that moment but then there's revelation on how to understand it later on when God shows up and speaks to the issue. Does that make sense? I, I got a whole teaching on Job that I go into. I think it's called Trials on, on my website if you want more on that. But so, so where I'm at is, there, I'm making sure they're ready. You ready? Let's see if he can keep up with me. <laughs> We, we, we've got static cameras, meaning they're still, and we haven't done the whole camera operating thing, but I like this moving thing. Just bear with me. It's such a weird, because on one hand, you're like, you're so heavy, but on the other hand, you, just, you can't kind of stop. Especially I get around, I feel, you know, I'm, this is family. I just like you people. <sighs> I think I've sighed more this past few weeks. Oh, man. But so, huh? Yeah, not sleeping all that great, but, you know, that's. Anyway, so, you know, you look at the world, it's like, are they stealing elections or are they not stealing elections? Probably, but we'll see. I don't know. But our, if we put our stake in the ground on that and if we let that kind of stuff determine where our mind is going to be and our emotional makeup and all of that, you're going to think, what are we going to do? It's all about to be ruined. We're going to lose everything. Well, yeah, if you're just an American, and that's a pretty big deal, but you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Citizens of the kingdom of God experience life in this way. You're unjustly arrested. Angels show up and unlock the doors and say, go preach, get to work. You know, and unfortunately, we think of end times things and our mind immediately goes to it's going to be so dark that we're going to have to figure out how to live supernaturally. Maybe, but I think it could be even more practical than that. You know, if you apply the biblical wisdom of God, you okay? Okay, because that face was like, oh, that's not a normal face for you. You're not about to have that baby, are you? Okay. Man, I'm telling that face scared me for just a minute. I was like... We're about to have a show in here. I'm telling you, it was like, I didn't know if he was hurting you or that baby was... Uh, okay, we're good though. We're good. All right. Because it could be any day now. It could be any day now. Baby Shiloh. Man, what in the world? What, tell, what was I saying? <laughs> what was I saying for real? Oh, yeah, citizen. That's right. No, yeah, so. Yeah, so, you know, of course we want to see the supernatural increase, but it's not just limited to that. Did, did, did you know that even if, so like, if you're out of debt and you have chosen a job wisely. In, now, no condemnation here, really, honestly. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm talking practical. 
But if this country does take a turn that we don't want it to, and it's bad economic, which by the way, I used to worry about like the national deficit, but they just print money these days and we're, it's gonna be fine. They just keep printing it. It's not a big deal. Free education, free healthcare, wipe away student loan, free universal income. Hey, let's just, they just keep printing money, you know, maybe, maybe it'll work. Oh man. Yeah, it's like uh, just free everything. It just it doesn't work, obviously. But and it's it's the reason it doesn't work is because it's just not. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go too far. I've got I've said enough. <laughs> Do we have any visitors in here today? Okay. I don't know. I actually do have some good stuff here. I'm just getting a little, letting the heaviness off, I think. Um, but it's like, so, all right, so let's say that the economy does take a turn. Let's say we do enter into some kind of end-time scenario that it looks like, you know, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen. If you're in a place where you're out of debt, you're, you're living according to God's biblical principles of how to govern your life, a lot of the troubles that people are going to have will not apply to you. Now, if it goes to where Christianity is illegal or something like that, you know, and I'm talking extremes, I guess I'm just thinking about a lot of things that people are saying could be coming and, you know, kind of addressing the general mindset of, of what people are struggling with and trying to think through and sort out. One thing is for sure, don't let the fear or anticipation of those kinds of things that you don't even know how, what they're going to look like determine how you're going to make your decisions, especially about how you're going to follow Jesus. Kingdom citizens experience things like being released out of prison in unjust situations. Kingdom citizens experience supernatural provision when it's needed. Kingdom citizens are protected. I mean, even Jesus... I mean, imagine thousands of, you know, probably hundreds of people around him, and they are looking at him, ready to lay hands on him and throw him over a cliff. And what does it say? It says he passes through them. He just passes through them. Well, how did he pass through them? I don't know. We, we can pass through them. You know, I was listening to, Courtney reminded me of Voice of the Martyrs, and I pulled up and I was listening to this one talk. There's an Iranian minister, Iran. They're projecting Iran could be the largest Christian nation on the planet in the next 20 years. 20, right? 20 years because of the radical gospel experience that people are having. You know, and, and I, we love the supernatural stories, but I don't want to put us in the realm of just expecting to have to live supernaturally. I think it can be practically too. But some of the stories are this. There was two guys... So this pastor, right, who is ministering, and it's all underground there, and, you know, you're, it's bad, it's bad, like, you know, overt persecution. But this pastor is ministering, and then he has this story of two different people with the same story came to him and told him the same story, and the story is this. Same, two different people had this same story. They were sick with the pestilence that walks in darkness, and I'm not, I'm not putting that on you. I'm just saying that's a good word. Uh they were in the hospital in Iran. Jesus appeared to them in a dream at night and said, you're healed. We have work to do. 
Both of those guys went back to this pastor independently, didn't know each other even, and told this pastor what the experience, they had experienced. They got tested, were COVID-free, and then went about ministering. Jesus is alive and active. Amen. There was another guy that was an imam. Same thing happened to him. He encountered Jesus in a dream and went back to this pastor, and I, I can't remember the details of how he said it. It's one of the, if you go to the Voice of the Martyrs website, it's one of the most recent, or our YouTube channel, it's one of the most recent um, videos. But this imam basically saw Jesus and then spoke to this pastor and then radically changed what he was, I mean, became a Christian, obviously. And like 250 people in his church or whatever they call them got saved, you know. And over there, it's like instant. It's known if you accept Jesus in Iran, your family will most likely reject you. Your government certainly will and may come after you. So it's like instant persecution. Um, so, you know, what it, what it makes me think of is this, is that Jesus is co-laboring with his church. Jesus is strategic about how he moves and who he works with and how he works with each other. Now, I'm not saying that you have to figure out how to have a dream and get Jesus to show up, get Jesus to show up to you and tell you, or that you're less of a Christian if you're not having those kinds of encounters and having a supernatural word from Jesus who appears to you. You can go to Scripture, like Susan was talking about, lift out of there a principle, apply it to your life, and it's the same thing because it's alive and active. The Word of God is alive. If you want to have a supernatural encounter with Jesus, get serious about the Word of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. Get in your Bible and expect it to come alive to you. And if you have an encounter with Jesus, come tell us about it. We'll give you the microphone. We'll all rejoice with you. It'd be cool. But the Bible is powerful. <clears throat> so my mind is all around this. It's like, okay, let's say that we are in a scenario where it could get really, you know, let's say that the globalists have united and they gave us voting machines so that they can take control and this great financial reset is happening and let's put everything under one regime and now we're all going to be controlled and chipped and mind controlled and the chemtrails that are falling are going to, you know. <laughs> even if, even, imagine the worst case scenario of the craziest conspiracy theories that you've heard and the darkest interpretations of end time scripture Imagine the worst case scenario, even if that is our future reality, we can't neglect these passages that I'm about to go into. Basically, the bottom line of what these passages say is God's kingdom was planted in this earth, in Jesus, and to the increase of his kingdom that came then, there will be no end. And you are in that kingdom now. You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into his kingdom. Now, there is a realm of his kingdom, heaven, eternity, whatever, that is, that is untouched by this stuff that has been cleansed or how, whatever that side even works from, with the blood of Christ that is undefiled and will never experience darkness, and we will be unified with that realm, and it will restore all things. 
Like that, that is our future. That, that is our future. The earth, total restoration. New one, whatever, however that works, you know. Future, heaven. Be heavenly minded. But also realize that because that is our reality and that is our hope in this earth, there are, there are benefits that back their way into this realm now. Benefits like Jesus living on the inside of you, leading you and guiding you, delivering you supernaturally should you need it, but also reminding you how to practically organize your life in such a way that it reflects His kingdom. Like He's like, okay, this is what my kingdom is like here. Look at it. Look at me. Set your minds on things above. This is, you know, that passage that we have on the door, above the door out there. Set your mind on things. Look at the kingdom. Look at me. You get a picture of it? Do you see it? All right. Now, live that way in this earth, and it will be reflected into this earth as well. But what about the darkness? Good question, Jesse. What about the darkness? I know you're asking. (laughs) This is Jesus talking about Really, he's talking about the kingdom. And, you know, and it's Matthew 13, mirrors Mark 4 in some of the passages, talking about the parable of the sower. But he also goes into, and we talked about this last week, almost this is kind of a, an encapsulation of like the last few weeks, months, maybe even in terms of what we've been talking about. You know, we kind of started out this whole idea with Romans 12, going through the list of gifts in the church. And then your homework was to read Romans 12, specifically where it lists those gifts, and then see which one of those you identify with, and then get busy, get to work. That's the thing that Jesus told those guys that got healed from COVID in the hospital is we have work to do. I need you healed because I got stuff that I want you to do. Now get up. That's what I feel like Jesus is doing. He's saying to us, we got work to do. Now, we don't work from a place of heaviness. We don't work from a place of defeat. We don't work from a place of, I wonder if it's going to work. We're, we're ultimately announcing the, the good news of God's kingdom. That's the work that we do. We announce the good news of what Jesus has accomplished. We help people understand these covenantal truths that God solidified in the blood of Christ. You know, that's, what we're do, that's what we're busy doing is, is preaching the gospel of the kingdom as if it's an already established fact, because it is. It is. But we have the light and the dark growing at the same time. So when Jesus teaches on this, he teaches on the parable of the wheat and the tares. We actually read this last week. He says his, the disciples came to him, and he tells a story. The story is this. There's a man with a field, and there was wheat growing, and the tares were growing also, and his servants came to him and said, there's weeds in the field, weeds, tares, same thing. Uh, didn't you plant good seed? You know, shouldn't we see wheat? Why are there weeds out here? And the, guy, the owner says, well, the, there was an enemy that came and sowed weeds, and uh, they're growing. They're, sometimes they're choking out the wheat, but they're growing. And his servants say, well, so should we go and tear out all the weeds? And he says, no, don't tear up all the weeds because you might damage the wheat at the same time. And then he gives them the explanation of what that is. And the wheat is the people of the kingdom. And the weeds are the people of the evil one. 
And then he says this. He explains it. Well, this is, this is part of him talking about it. So this is them asking, should we go tear up the weeds? He says, no. No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat to bring it to my barn. I, who does it? Jesus does it. Now, I'm not shifting into this God's in control thing, so just sit back and wait for it all to play out because there is that mindset big time in the body of Christ, and that is it's going to get darker and darker and darker and darker, and the church is just going to be totally you know, weak and defeated, and then he's going to have to come and rescue, and won't that be glorious that we're rescued from our failure? He doesn't say that. There's a lot. I've thought a lot about this parable over the past few weeks. He is saying the wheat is growing and the weeds are growing. That means the wheat is growing. The kingdom is growing. Now, which one will last? Weeds, we all know, they get too big. They lose their root system. They die out. They destroy themselves even. You're a gardener. Eventually, weeds can cause damage, but, but they're growing together. The good and the bad is growing together. And he says, let it grow. Just let it grow because I'm going to take care of it. If it is a final end time thing, then your job is to be the wheat. Your job is to be the salt. Your job is to be the light. I don't see in this him saying, I'm going to come and take the weed out, let the weeds take over, then destroy the weeds, then bring the wheat back. Are you saying there's no rapture? I don't know. This, this is like almost reverse rapture. I don't know. You want to know my end time theology? I don't know. But I do know that he's telling us this, that his kingdom is here and it is growing. Right now, in this moment, which one do you want to be a part of? How do you live within that kingdom? Well, it's not like you have to magically like transform and mystify over into the kingdom. It's like, now I'm in the kingdom and now I'm not in, you know. You're in the kingdom. If the kingdom is in you, you are in the kingdom. It's like he says in Romans 8. How do you know that the spirit of God, how do you know that you're in the spirit? Because the spirit is in you. You know, so you have two different, you have two scenarios of living within the kingdom or not living within the kingdom. You have two Christians that, do you know any Christians where things just kind of seem to work out for them? I, I've had people tell me that. Most, in general, things work out for us. Now, things happen that are bad, but in general, things work out for us. Us meaning me and Sarah and our family. I have a general expectation that no matter what happens, things are going to work out. But how many of you know Christians that they're like, there ain't nothing working. When it rains, it pours. They say things like, when it rains, it pours. Well, I just can't get any traction. I just, you know, God, what are you doing? There's a confusion with that mindset of type of Christian. And it's not because... I'm more blessed than that type of person. 
It's because my mind, I have renewed my mind to believe that I am a citizen of that kingdom, that God is leading me into life, that He is telling me the truth. It's a general out, it's a, just a general mindset that I believe He's leading me into blessing. And it's not that I have better faith or more faith, it's the focus of my faith. Those believers that nothing seems to kind of work out for them, do you know anybody like that? Where you look at their lives and you're like, man, I know that they're a Christian, but dang, it just keeps happening. What in the world? It's, that's the carnal-mindedness or the spiritual-mindedness. No judgment in terms of how close those people are to God or not or how good of a Christian they are or not. It has everything to do with the focus of their heart and their mind. What are you looking at? What are you expecting? What are you feeding? What are you allowing to grow? What are you speaking? What are you allowing to grow into your heart and your life? What are you entertaining? Are you... All right, let's keep going here because we got a picnic coming. So then I think about this. We actually read this passage a few weeks ago. So this is 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to go 24 through 28. Jesus is talking about, or uh, Paul's talking about the resurrection, is explaining that there is a resurrection. And then he gives us this. Then the end will come when he hands over, talking about Jesus, he is Jesus, hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. Jesus is busy. Now, he has been given all authority. He has stripped any other authority of their power. And what he's doing now is destroying that enemy that he gained power and over and stripped of authority. Now he's destroying them. And how does he do it? When you follow him. When you don't give in to the temptation. When you don't give in to living carnally in this earth. Man, I'm telling you. See, this is where the practical instruction comes in of don't sin. Manage your money right. Treat your kids well. Treat each other well. Those kinds of things. People that live that way and walk in the path of the upright will experience blessing. Not because God says, well done, you've walked in the path of the upright, so now I will bless you. But that's just the path along which you discover God's blessings because of what it does to your mind and your heart when you live that way. When you live the straight path of not being overburdened of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things, when that's not what is dictating your inner man and your mind, you're going to walk in that righteousness and holiness that you've been given, and that kind of lifestyle conditions your heart and mind to think like God thinks. Therefore, you will follow Him into what He's leading you into, which He's trying to lead everyone into. So yes, your lifestyle absolutely matters of whether or not you're going to experience the blessing of God, but not because you perform your way into it, but because you stay of the same mindset teachable because you are living how He says to live in this earth. You're in alignment with how He leads and you will find the blessings along the way because they're there. But if you don't have the right lenses on, 
you're not going to see them. You're not going to hear to follow and move that direction. That's how you experience the kingdom now, walking uprightly and you experience that blessing that is out there for everyone. That's where passages that he talks in Mark 4, Mark 13, those who have, more shall be given. Those who don't have, even that which they have will be taken away from them. That's, a, that's a, like an inner working mechanism of the heart in and of itself bringing about that type of thing in your life. It's not God saying, well, I'm going to give this one more, although he is active. You know, I, I don't want to define his part because he is active. So let's keep going. Jesus healing Iranians in the hospital, sending them to a pastor and then out to preach the gospel is destroying dominion and power. He gained authority over them in his, in his passing through the grave and in his resurrection. He stripped them of power when he attained all that authority. And now he's destroying them. I want the enemies of God destroyed through God working through me. And we're about to jump over to Ephesians 6 where we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal in terms of... I heard a story one time. This guy was going to do some spiritual warfare and he, got all, he, got all, he was a hockey goalie and he got all his hockey goalie gear on and would go in the basement and do spiritual warfare. No. All right, let's keep going. The, uh, so, verse 25. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Will that not be glorious? No more death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when he says, uh, now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. You know, so this is Paul as he's writing, probably getting a word of knowledge that this is going to be passed around and people are going to ridicule what he's saying. And so he's saying, but no, but there is still only one true God because he's always thinking of those Hebrews that might pick apart what he's saying. So that, to me, that's why he's got that in there. No, we're not saying, you know, we're still saying there's only one true God. So when he has done this, then the son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. I, that is, it's so interesting to me. I mean, is that gonna, are we going to be part of that? You know what I mean? Think about that. Like, is that at the resurrection when he's destroyed everything and there's nothing left but his kingdom? And, and like, are, is this going to be like a ceremony that we watch Jesus take what he was given and the authority of mankind to come here and he goes back to get, you know what I mean? Like, it's, that is, I think about that kind of stuff. It's like, imagine all of us in heaven and we're watching this happen. And it's like Jesus somehow crowns God or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's interesting. Y'all are looking at me like, can you see that though? I mean, isn't that, to imagine what that might be like? All right, so now let me go through this. I want to look at the, um, the armor that we are to put on. 
Because that's the natural question is, well, so how do I live that way? How do I walk? How do I walk in the kingdom? How do I, if I'm in the kingdom, what do I do? Well, there's a lot of things to do. I would say, number one, read the Bible and believe it. Mostly so that it's in there, so that the Holy Spirit has something to work with. We choose confusion way too often. But if it's in there, then God comes in to you to motivate you and inspire you and move through you and give you insight and ideas. It's probably going to be Scripture that He's verifying, that's, but, you, but you need it in there. Even if you just get a Bible app and you listen to it, you know, especially even just the New Testament, I would recommend this. Just listen to the New Testament for a while. You know, for the next few months, get your headphones, start in Matthew even, and just listen. Just listen to it. You know, if you fall asleep, that's fine. If you got to, whatever, you get distracted, that's fine. Just listen to it. You know, I would say commit yourself to go through it three or four times. It, it actually doesn't take that long. Or read it yourself, I think. If you read like 14 chapters a day, you can read the entire New Testament in 30 days, something like that. Finally, be strong in the Lord and, the, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. But Jesus has schemes too, strategies, and He's active now. I, like if I were in heaven and I were looking and I could see, okay, the enemy's over here doing this, and I see Jesus. And, and I'm not talking about some dualistic equal powers conflicting. That, that's not what's happening. We're, we're talking more so lies and deceit trying to undo and choke what God is trying to do. You know, it's not that the kingdom is responding to what the enemy is doing. The enemy is responding to what the kingdom is doing. You know, and you can kind of look at some of the strategies of the enemy out there to know, okay, well, God must be going this way. But don't get too far into that. The, way that, the best way to know what God's doing is know it in your heart, to be connected with Him and following Him. Are you with me? Don't, look at the, don't just look at the external world and say, okay, so this is happening? That must mean God is doing... There's a bird and the dice landed on three and let me flip the Bible. Oh, that's what God is doing this. It's like, come on. If some of you, if God confirms things to you with birds, cool. But know it in your heart first. Right. I, when I first got saved, because I was nuts, I was crazy, and I didn't know anything, there would be birds. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't know if they were blue jays or actually blue birds. It's been that long. But there would be hundreds of them. And I would remember saying, God, if I really am alive and there really is hope for me, then I want to walk out my door and there was a window right there where I grew up and I want to see those blue birds out there and they would be there. Hundreds of them. I mean, like, wow. And I, and I didn't even really realize it at the moment, but, then, but that was very unusual because I'd been in that house for a decade or longer, you know. I knew. So, I, you know, I make fun of people, bird people, but I was a bird people. I, <laughs> Okay. 
for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against Democrats. We're not wrestling against Republicans. You know, there are ideas and there are doctrines of demons probably underneath both parties, all parties. All of mankind's schemes probably have a little bit of demonic doctrine woven in them somehow. I want Christ's strategies. You know, there is no perfect spiritual candidate. There are certainly, you know, a part, a conservative party leans more toward valuing the things that God values. But if you talk to leftists, they're like, well, we want to just take care of people. Isn't that godly? Well, yeah, but you got a bad way of doing it. But anyway, you know. <laughs> All right, so, our, so, we're, so it's not that we look at people and we think we have to fight the people. It's behind that. And if you can help them experience God, then there's hope for them to experience God. That's brilliant. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's what we're wrestling against. But what else do you know about those things? What else do you know about authorities, powers of dark in this world, forces of evil in heavenly realms? What else do you know about those things? They've already been conquered by Jesus. Thank you. Amen. You, got, you all knew that. Right? So even though you were wrestling with them, they are already defeated. They have no future. Jesus in his death, passing through the grave, he overcame the power that they might ever have over you. And then he stripped them of any right to come into your life. You ever heard, well, you're just, you're just, we need to break these curses off of you. Well, what's given the curse authority in the first place? Jesus has already taken the power. They don't have the right into your life. And then they go across your back, cut those curses off. If you're a wind chopper to cut curses, I'm not, I'm making fun of you a little bit, but. I am making fun of you a little bit, to be clear. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. We get weird about that kind of stuff. And this is where understanding the finished work of Jesus has to be the anchor of our knowledge and our salvation. You have to know what Jesus accomplished on that cross, in his body, dying, passing through the grave, resurrecting, then what he offers to you and where you now are in what he offers forever sealed. And we talk about that all the time because it is the gospel. And in that, you might be wrestling with these things, but they are not your equal. They are beneath you. And we are destroying them. We are wrestling with them to destroy them. And how do we destroy them? We allow the blessing of God to overtake our lives rather than allowing those schemes to be planted into our lives. Sometimes we all experience those schemes. I think the enemy schemes come in and, you know, take our jobs and, 
You know, so here's how the enemy works. The enemy is like a radio signal. Your mind and heart are a receiver. Like right now, we could get a receiver in here, tune it to a particular radio frequency. It would pick up the, the, the radio wave. And if you had speakers on it, it would then interpret that wave and emit it back into sound. And you can hear it. There are invisible signals all in this room right now of all different frequencies and patterns and speeds and all of that. The enemy works the same way, emitting a signal to you. And if you're tuned to the right dial to believe and receive that signal, then you will start to echo that back out into your life. That signal might sound like this. Well, you know, things just don't really work out for you. Do, you know, do you, do you think you really fit in there? You really think you fit in there? I don't know. They, they just don't understand. When I say you're special. Now, it works for them, but because of you. Remember what you did when you were 12? And because your great, 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 great grandfather was a Mason? You don't get to... Exp Are you with me? That is how the enemy works. The enemy doesn't come and take your hand over and make you punch yourself in the face or something. You know what I mean? You have to already believe the lie about yourself to give in to the schemes of the enemy. That's why you have to know who you are in Christ so that when the enemy comes, he's got nothing in you. If he comes to you and says, I don't know, you're less than, you can say, well, no, I'm not. Amen. Well, you, you know, you're kind of a pervert. Well, no, I'm not. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, you're just going to struggle with money your entire life. No, I'm not. I'm a child of the king. That's the warfare, getting your mind under control, bringing it in. You bring your thoughts captive to make sure that your thoughts match what Christ gained in his obedience. Bring your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. That is spiritual warfare. Okay, well, what does that mean? I've got this thought here. I'm going to capture it, and I'm going to make sure that that thought aligns itself with what Christ's obedience accomplished. It doesn't mean you wrestle that thought and you bring it to Jesus and it makes it obey. You know what I mean? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, his kingdom is real or not? Is this stuff real or not? I haven't even gotten to the armor. What time is it? All right, let me hear. I can, this, I can do this fast. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, that might be tonight. I don't, not the day of evil not necessarily meaning the end, but your day of evil. Let me say it this way. Your day of the opportunity for evil, right? When that comes, you're able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand, all right? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the belt of truth around your waist. Now, I wrestled, and if you could control somebody's waist, you control their balance. You get them off balance at their waist, you've got them. 
ankle pick or you somehow you get them off balance. So you balanced on truth. You're not double-minded. And where does truth come? Come from the Word of God. You're balanced in the Word of God. You're balanced. Do this. Balanced. Okay. The breastplate of righteousness. Why the breastplate of righteousness? What does the breastplate do? It guards your heart. Huh? Hayden, were you preaching back there? Uh, the breastplate of righteousness guards your heart. Your heart is the core of who you are. It's your inner man. It's your identity. You have to know who you are. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. How do you put on that breastplate of righteousness? You know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You go through all those identity passages. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness is going to the men's toilet and over it, and it says, I am an heir of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of the king. You know, all those you, women, she's like, wait, we don't have an identity thing in our bathroom. Man, I, I might, if I could get through this today, we'll be doing good. <laughs> Breastplate of righteousness, guard your heart. Your heart is the seat of your identity. Have your feet fitted. Wait, did we pass the helmet of salvation? No, we'll get there. Uh, did I pass that? Okay. Uh, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What's that talking about? That's talking about Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Say good news. Good news. What other word do we know that means? Gospel. Who proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings. Who proclaim salvation who say to Zion, your God reigns. He must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. That's the message that we bring. God is reigning. We bring peace and salvation. But we have to be ready ourselves. We have to be of the mindset ourselves. So, uh, and, and he also says it in Romans 10. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the readiness of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is the message you are bringing. We are hope bringers. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. That's what you're defending with is the shield of faith. What is faith? Faith is confidence in who he is. That's just the smoke alarm. We'll fix that. Don't worry about it. Shield of faith is what you deflect things with. Schemes of the enemy coming at you? No, this is my faith. I have faith in God. I'm, I'm leaning forward into life with the shield of faith that's deflecting these things that are coming at me. I believe that God will protect me. I believe that as I press forward into life that God is with me and I can deflect these things that are coming at me. My faith, my confidence in who Jesus is is what I lead with here. which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. What does the helmet do? Guard your head, guard your mind. You guard your mind with knowing that you are saved. You renew your mind in accordance with salvation. Salvation means healing, wholeness. 
prospered, res restored, rescued, delivered from messianic judgment. That's, those, that's where your thoughts are. Your thoughts are inside your helmet. Your thoughts need to match salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what you put into things. You punch that sword into things. I'm going to push that sword. I'm going to push that word. I'm going to speak that word into my life. I'm going to speak that word into my children. And when you don't know what to speak, pray in tongues. I mean, that's, you know, when you're, when, to me, when I see praying in tongues, it's more so I'm kind of yielding my authority as man on this earth because he gave dominion to mankind. I'm yielding that and I'm kind of setting aside my manhood and letting God affect the world. It's like I see God as a guard. When I'm praying in tongues, God is a gardener moving through me, planting into this earth what he wants because he has set it up that we are co-laborers with him. Can he? Does he have the power to just show up and do anything he wants to? Of course he does. But he's bound himself to his own word, which has given mankind dominion over this earth. And we're co-laboring with him. And pray in the spirit. See, it is in there. You're like, I don't know about that praying in tongues thing. Well, ha-ha. <laughs> when? With all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Man. I mean, we are hardwired for success. We are protected at every side. We have already won. We are citizens of the kingdom. He is leading us and guiding us into all truth. The light cannot enter us to the degree that it I mean, the darkness cannot enter us to the degree that it extinguishes the light. So what our choice is, how bright do you want to be? Because you, your light will not be extinguished. And the world needs to see that. We're not sitting here waiting for some scenario for God to show up and, and, and fix everything for us. What is happening right now? The wheat is growing and the tares are growing. And Jesus' mindset is, that's just how it is right now. The wheat's growing, the weeds are growing. Should we go tear out all the weeds and attack the weeds? No, just let it grow. Don't get worried about it. Don't feel like you have to go attack it. Whatever the weeds might be in your personal life or the world in general. Now, it doesn't mean we permit darkness. It doesn't mean we don't resist because we do, right? And that's where the Holy Spirit walks and guides and leads us, right? He shows us and we're living with Him and we're walking with Him and we're living out this life. And we are living victoriously in His kingdom, but the weeds are growing too. You know, you hear it popularly said, well, the bright's going to get brighter and the dark's going to get darker. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the bright's going to get brighter and the dark's going to stay the same level and we just over... You know, I don't know. I mean, people make those kinds of things up, right? No. I mean, it says that um, Paul says, that, or Matt, Matthew 24 says that, um, uh, does it say darkness? Well, it's a darkness, but it's a different word will increase. But then also the kingdom increases. 
You know, like we look at those things. So that, that's where people's mindset is with their theology and their eschatology is, well, the darkness is just going to increase. Well, did you forget that he said that to the increase of his kingdom there'd be no end? Because that's what I'm focused on. That's what I want to experience. And we can. And, and so when things happen, we're lost, you know, we lose people and things and we look at the world and we think, oh, my goodness, we're all going to be communists and we're all going to be speaking Chinese in 15 years. You know what I mean? I mean like when we have those kinds of thoughts, it's like, do I really want to wage war on that level or do I want to follow God? And whatever the world does, the world's going to do because the weeds are growing too. But I'm going to be about being the wheat. I, I don't really care what I, I mean, I do care. I want my children to grow up and as free of a nation as we can possibly believe that reflects our founding doc, uh, 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 documents. I, I want that. Of course I want that. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving that away, but I'm just not waging war on that, that level. I mean, what kind of nation would we have if more of our Christianity was expressed in our lives? That's why we have the nation that we do. What if even more so? What, would the next, what if there was an even better nation that we build? I mean, you know, I'm just saying a what if. I'm not trying to make a doctrinal statement. I'm just like, what is the hope in our expectation? So I said a lot. I appreciate you letting me be a big goofball today because I just, I don't know, I guess I had to kind of get it out. Be about the kingdom. The wheat's growing. The weeds are growing. Don't freak out. Don't worry about it. Trust God. Because when the time's right, he's going to send his angels and he's going to set everything just right. But in the meantime, what he's doing is he's enacting his strategies. Just like the enemy has schemes, God has strategies that win and that are more powerful and that produce eternal fruit in our lives. Expect his strategies to be birthed into your mind. Don't have such a pessimistic view of the world in the future that you give up hope that you can experience kingdom living in this life still now. So much stuff has happened to us uh, that it would be easy to just kind of find a nice little corner to hide in until either we die or Jesus comes back. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give up. I want to be about what he's about. Don't you? Let's, let's not give up. Let's not let the heaviness win. Let's not let the darkness define our mindset. Have hope. And we are hope bringers because his kingdom is real. And he is busy right now destroying the, the enemies that he already stripped the power of. That's what Jesus is doing. He's giving us strategies to destroy the works of the enemy. It, it, that's what he did when he came. He came, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. He showed us how to do it. And it's not just supernatural. It is that. But it's also in the everyday practical, your victory over sin, your kindness to others, your willingness to meet the other's needs to show them the love of God. All of that is the strategy of Christ in this earth, showing people what his kingdom is like. Let's do that. Amen? Let's stand up. Jesus, we thank you so much. We want to be about your kingdom. 
We don't want to freak out. We, we, we recognize that the weeds are growing. Yeah, the weeds are growing. But you know what? So is the wheat. So is your kingdom. So is the brightness of your kingdom people. And that is what we will keep our hearts and our minds focused on. We will, we will walk fully equipped with the full armor that you gave us on. And we will be those people that carry your good news message. That, that's, that's what it meant about the feet and the gospel of peace. What kind of message are you bringing? Because that's how they spread messages back then was they walked or ran from town to town. That's what it's talking about. Be bringers of the good news message, which is what we're going to be. Amen? Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this hard journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.